1: Welcome back into the portal. I'm Amber A.
0: And I'm Andrew McKay.
1: And we're back with another Film Friday for you guys.
0: Yeah, what's up everybody? Welcome back. Mm -hmm. Really looking forward to talking about this one, not because it's a famous film or anything like that, but because it's definitely dabbling in things we've uh, talked about at great length in the past.
1: Exactly. So
0: pretty excited about it. But before we get right into it, we have some other exciting news for you guys. A brand new release from Be Strange which we're pretty excited about. We've been working on these designs for a while. And there are three new items up in the shop, in the strange shop at straightupstrange.com. So the Necropolis Packable Jacket, Mm -hmm. Wind, Rain, Monster Saliva Resistant, and it packs into itself. So it's got its own little thylacine-like pouch. It said kangaroo on a on the main description, but I wanted to change that. We also have our Necropolis basic tee. So it's got the classic pyramid design, super comfy, you guys, just a classic t-shirt that everyone needs for spring and summer. And then of course super soft. A super soft. It's like, I can't remember the exact blend, but it is listed on our website. It's awesome. And then last but not least, our coffee optional mug, which we had to put in there because we often put things in coffee mugs that are not uh, uh, caffeinated beverages. So, uh, wink, wink, not just for coffee, but it's also featuring the really cool Necropolis design. All of these are available mm-hmm. in the Strange Shop, as well as Etsy. And, uh, yeah, we just want you guys to go check it out. It's really cool. Everything goes to, uh, towards supporting Straight Up Strange in the network.
1: Exactly. So, go All check it out. indie creators out there and... As we know, a lot of people have obviously been in these strange times uh, that the world has been experiencing. And because of that, uh, we have decided for all of you guys, quarantine and self isolation and all that <laughs> stuff, um, we've extended our free shipping offer for yeah. Be Strange. So you can just use promo code Strangeship, all one word, at checkout and you'll get uh, free shipping free on your shipping. order. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So yeah, go check that out and uh, hit us up and let you know. Let us know what you think, and uh, if you have any sort of ideas or anything like that, we're always uh, open. To it. It's a, it's an art, sort of an art collective and a project. So we're well, definitely is. Uh, keen on your feedback.
1: And one of our designs is obviously very uh, relevant for our movie discussion today. We've oh. got our forest creature available in a few select designs, including the mini squatch. So that's for toddlers. It's so yeah. cute.
0: <laughs> we so couldn't
1: help ourselves. Perfect,
0: <laughs> perfect segue, really. <laughs> yeah, uh, because obviously today we are discussing big legend it is a amazon prime film right if i'm not mistaken
1: well we saw it on amazon prime
0: i don't think it was like as far as i remember there was no major theatrical re- release at least in canada maybe there was in the states uh, so it if,
1: feels like one of those straight to
0: dvds it kind of feels like that mm-hmm. uh, straight to
1: network i guess <laughs> right
0: not yeah in the world we live in today yeah not <laughs> to dvd but yeah it's a. Uh, you don't see a lot of Sasquatch movies that really make it to the big screen. I think like there's not really many famous famous ones. I think maybe like mm-hmm. people think of like the Legend of Boggy Creek, which is more skunking, uh, different. But Harry
1: and the Hendersons, if you want to get a little more playful with it, <laughs> sure.
0: <laughs> and there's some animated sort of stuff too that features Sasquatch. But this one's a little bit more a, a little bit more of a sort of a, a I guess a cult film, you might say. Like it sort takes, of
1: a, it's a serious take on it, and it's kind of a very independent low budget film. I don't right. know exactly what they spent, but it was low budget.
0: Definitely written and directed by Justin Lee. Just a few years old, came out in twenty eighteen. But the setting of it is what really intrigued us because it's uh, a familiar familiar territory, right? I'm going to try my best to pronounce this. So it's a very famous national park, one of the oldest national parks in the U S. This is the uh, the Gifford Pinchot Pinchot mm-hmm. National Park.
1: Yeah, it was actually named after the guy that uh, was part of creating the federal land reserve way back in the day in the U S.
0: So pretty uh, a pretty important. Landmark in in for the national parks and just history, mm-hmm. and of course an area that 's known for some strange things uh, this is uh, okay, so located just southwest of washington uh, the national forest it 's around one million three hundred and sixty eight thousand three hundred acres totally of forested area mountains rivers valleys, waterfalls volcanoes right
1: (laughs) waterfalls that we saw depicted in the film (laughs) exactly
0: very true Mm -hmm. and uh yeah this it's sort of three main areas that break it up including the cowlitz valley mount adams district and the mount saint helens uh national volcanic monument and that sort Mm -hmm. of district of the forest
1: that's probably one of the most uh recognizable mount saint helens that's uh yeah for the eruption and just for for its natural splendor too hey and for its um prevalence of you not UFOs, sorry. Well, Bigfoot sighting. And UFOs, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, totally.
0: <laughs> that, too. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we are, we're definitely getting into um, some violence, which was uh, a strong aspect of our Sasquatch Encounters series. And if you guys haven't listened to that, we encourage you to go check it out because there's some strange things that happened around Mount St. Helens that they get right into in this movie.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, that's sort of different than, quote-unquote, Sasquatch Encounters elsewhere on the continent. True. So let's jump into very
1: territorial behavior. Yeah,
0: exactly. So let's let's get into it. Let's sort of establish yeah. the movie, and then we'll break it down and critique it.
1: The thing that I liked about this movie is that it didn't rely on any um, elaborate like characterization, like you know, like character profiles. It didn't it didn't waste any time getting into it. Right. Basically, the first thing we see is like some sort of like crossover SUV thing pulling up to this very pristine woodland location, and we see two people emerging from the vehicle, which ends up being the main character Tyler and his girlfriend at the time Natalie and they are excited because they're going on their own mountain adventure off the grid and it's been a lengthy time apart because Tyler as we find out is a military guy so he's been on leave and he comes back and the whole premise is that this is the last time so they're going to be together Forever now Ominous Very ominous And you see in the very first scene Right He pulls out the little ring And he's gonna propose And it's like you know Lots of stuff uh, that they they use for like, you know, (laughs) it's classic tropes, right? But it's used effectively in my mind because it's not overacted. Uh, The characters are likable, right? Like in my mind at least. Yeah, I know.
0: I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. There's even the little bit of kind of shock, like shock action right at the beginning where they, they, Mm. right? Like she jumps on his back from behind (laughs) and he's like, yeah, and it's like, you know.
1: (laughs) Playful, like whatever. And yeah, they're just getting going. So this is just... It's so sad when you just know what's going to happen. Yeah. But I liked it because there's a few lines here early on that are notable for foreshadowing the certain events that are going to take place, um, such as when they're planning their route. They're both looking at the map and Tyler points out there's this certain curve in the path and then it ends. And then from there, that's when they're going off grid and hiking to this like lake location. He, yeah, he points uh, out a little he's lake. got Exactly. He's got a plan and he's very focused. He's very capable. And obviously that comes from his military. Background, I think. RV Ranger. Probably just growing up in sort of like a more uh, rural setting because that's what his Mm -hmm. mom seems to, you know, when he goes back to her house eventually. But, anyways, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So I love this because it says here, the very first one was, it's only fun if no one's been there before. Aha. Dun, dun, dun. Hmm, <laughs> how much fun are they going to have? And then, of course, uh, <laughs> this is another classic line. She's uh, basically kind of calling him out, being like, oh, we're going off grid, hey? Like, huh? And he's like, well, of course it's safe and we'll just figure it out when we get there. It's kind of what he says to her. And she's like, okay, fine, honey. Because she's all yeah. under this false sense of protection, I would imagine.
0: Yeah. at the same, But at the same time, too, it's like, everyone's sort of been in, I mean, not everyone's gone camping off grid per se, but I mean, like, I feel like you and I have said similar things potentially to each other. Uh, many people listening probably have who, have, who have gone camping, right? You're just sort of in the woods in Washington. You don't necessarily, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like you're not you're expecting not thinking, certain things to happen, right? Exactly. You're not in Siberia or something, or you're not wherever. Oh, totally.
1: Exactly. So You're on a fun little romantic hiking, camping trip where nothing's going to go wrong, and they're just you know in their own little world mm-hmm. and they sort of like you know they go on their way they're passing through trees at this point they're off the grid and they see they don't see actually they walk past several no trespassing signs but they're scattered on the forest floor they're hidden in bushes that type Grown of thing
0: Grown over and stuff like that right?
1: exactly yeah. and these like if you look at them closely they're not state signs they're private it looks like
0: yeah like they're 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 clearly non indigenous like they're like exactly. they're like aluminum signs mm-hmm. meant, like but they're not yeah, they're not government state signs. Yeah, which
1: is mm-hmm, weird. Exactly. And oh, in this first sort of setting, they do see one of the... Or no, no, no. He doesn't... They don't see the tree markings from the indigenous people on their trip, but they, he does no, see it when he returns.
0: On. Okay, Yeah, that's right.
1: Getting at myself again.
0: <laughs> but they do uh, encounter some obviously very iconic Bigfoot Sasquatch... Uh, what what's the word I'm looking for here? I mean something we're all familiar with, obviously, which is the knocking right off the bat. That's yeah. the first, that's the very first thing we get, and I guess that's what I did like about this film is like they do, they do use the classic tropes, mm-hmm. the, the classic things that Sasquatch and Bigfoot researchers or people looking for the creature do, you know, look for, yeah. and they're laying in the tent, and of course it's the classic wood knocking Mm -hmm. and natalie makes the comment there's like someone's like someone's knocking on a door which is the description we've seen a lot reading different accounts and things like that of people experiencing wood knocking yeah something that i have always wanted to hear and never have when we've been camping in the woods (laughs) and i was just saying to amber before we started recording i've always kind of wanted to like i think i have a few times thinking back drinking a few beers but i kind of you want to do it but at the same time you don't necessarily want the response you don't know what you're going to get in response
1: what are you inviting you yeah. know
0: and that's a line too from the unnamed man he, that tyler meets is like curiosity kind of killed the cat for him mm-hmm. and that's why he's ventured further than he had before it's one of those weird things i feel that way about cryptozoology a lot mm-hmm. so interested but also petrified at the same time yeah it is terrifying mm-hmm. uh, this, so they hear the knocks right it's like a single knock and then followed by obviously this very ominous low <laughs> deep growl which I thought was pretty, pretty convincing, pretty good monster sound in yeah. the distance, Sasquatch sound. And then the dingling of the bells because Tyler being sort of like, I guess this is his military background, mm-hmm. being an army ranger for 12 years, sets up a perimeter, which, I mean, people do do that, obviously, like deer lines, trip lines, hunters, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. I thought it was a little paranoid when I saw that. You know what I mean? Like, it's like he, he's, I guess he's taking extra precaution, but they're not hunting. And if he really thought it was safe, why would you do that?
1: Yeah, but you just never know.
0: I guess. didn't really help all that much. I was making that comment to you, too. True. It's like, you're going to hear a little dingle in the pitch black. I and mean, then
1: you're going to get paranoid.
0: Now you know something's there. Well, that's great, but what are you going to do?
1: For me, I was like, as soon as that scene started to play out, and we watched this movie a couple of times, and he leaves the tent, right? As soon as he hears the bell yeah. and makes the comment, well, it's it's me, babe. Like, you know, like, I can go out and I'll be fine, whatever. So and he he's leaves not her. wrong. He leaves because, her in the tent. Yeah. But what I would have done is just stood... If I was him, I would have stood with like stood out of the tent, like right beside the tent or even in the tent, but just poking my head out and then had like some sort of uh, like a spotlight that you could just shine out. So that way you could see if it's a deer, you could see if it's something else. He had just like a
0: wimpy version of that, like a a smaller spotlight that he was Mm -hmm. kind of holding up like this and trying to... uh, It's
1: so dark out there. Yeah, it's like you need something that's like a legit, like a car spotlight or something.
0: Yeah, which he ends up using later on. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so obviously we... Classic sort of horror movie, thriller movie mistake, I guess, in a way. They separate. Yeah. And the weakest of the herd gets picked off. As all creatures do. Yep, (laughs) and it's really classic, right? Because it's the it's the Albert Ostman. She gets scooped up. I mean, it's not in his sleep. Like it's it's the whole tent, but it's the same idea. The the Sasquatch just kind of waltzes in. She hears it. But this is the this is the thing too that's so awesome and creepy. It's like this is a massive like eight plus foot tall or bigger you know, hundreds of pounds creature that just glides through the woods and across things that make lots of noise, sticks and grass and rocks and stuff. It doesn't make a peep. Mm -hmm. That's the cool thing about Bigfoot and Sasquatch. That was the
1: spooky part too. And in this scenario as well, it almost seemed like... You could question whether or not there was one creature, possibly even two creatures, right, because he is almost like deked out unless yeah, they unless it was just, it, it could have been flanking or it could have just been a very elaborate, not elaborate, but a setup with the rocks as a distraction because he does right. encounter a pile of rocks when he ventures further away from the camp. That
0: they stacked up silently, obviously.
1: Exactly. That they didn't see earlier in the day too, because that was the other question. It's like, well, how long have those rocks been there? Like Mm -hmm. it was too close to the camp for them to not notice it before.
0: Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I did really enjoy that first scene, honestly. Like it it gets right into the action.
1: Yeah, I thought it was good. I thought it was well done. You don't see too much and it's not overacted again in my mind. So it's like it's a good mix of like, yeah, the low budget aspect with the, the realities of just being in the forest kind of thing. And
0: I definitely was feeling the vibe of like, you know, what if that was me in that situation? Like the feeling of just like you're in the darkness and your fiance has has been scooped away. The tent is gone. He's just spinning in circles, looking everywhere. He mm-hmm. You don't know which way to run in to try to find her. Like you could, I guess in that moment, he should have been, obviously he's panicking, but you'd be looking on the ground trying to see the drag marks of the tent.
1: Yeah. Or listening for anything. But pretty pretty sketchy so this is where we get the cut to black that's right classic and then fast forward one year later we see tyler he has been uh not incarcerated but he's being kept at this uh cowlitz county psychiatric ward for about a year yeah and he has this conversation with a psychiatrist who has opted to kind of She's sponsoring him to, like, get out, essentially. Like, she's like, you're ready. You know, you've worked through all this hysteria, delusions, nightmares, and survivor's guilt. Those are, like, the four main things she lists. So, obviously, she's not... not taking anything he said seriously as far as it being something other than a bear and he is smart right he's not stupid he's been there for 12 months so i guess he's learned a lot but he basically just tells her he's convinced it was a bear attack and goes on his merry way
0: and he says it in the most unconvincing way he's like twiddling with his hands and he's like clearly lying through his teeth he
1: is and then he does make the other comment as he's on his way out the door saying survivor's guilt you're implying there was a death they never found Natalie's body. Right. So for him, that's a huge question mark. That's an unanswered thing. And he, as we learn, is one of those guys that doesn't give up until he has the answer. Yeah. So that's his huge, like, you know, his character driver, um, so to speak. And explains, you know, like the further further plot events of the movie. So once Tyler goes home with his mom, I love this part because she is a very sympathetic character. And she renews his need for answers, right? She's like, she totally believes him, which is great in my mind. It, it, it lends to a more satisfying character, in my opinion, right? He's not fighting against his kin. But once he has this discussion and they kind of like, I love the whole Easter um, reference, how his mom was like, I didn't raise you this way, even when you were a kid. You would always be looking for the answers. When we had the Easter egg hunt, you searched all day in every single space just to find all the eggs. And then after that, you were trying to find the bunny himself. Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't stop until your father came home with an actual bunny. But even then, you weren't satisfied. And you're asking, how did this Easter bunny, like, lay these eggs around? Or how did he play? You know, so it's just it sets the stage for uh, a character that, again, it needs answers, won't quit until they have them he gets pointed to a bag of items that his mom said the police dropped off. And then from here, we see a suspicious digital camera photo. And it's, yeah. it's in the reel of all them. And he wasn't the one taking the pictures. It was his fiancee yeah. at the time, Natalie. And, and, and it's like, it's like it's, this large, dark figure that's just in the strange. background. And it's so freaky. And, you know, it's funny. We were looking up Sasquatch footage, and I actually have in the show notes for this episode, I will put a link to... The video it's shot by the Washington Sasquatch um like research team, and it cool. shows something very similar to what we see in that still. So anyways, if very you guys cool. are curious, you can check that out. I'll have that in the links there, but awesome. yeah, it's
0: strange too though, because it's like, I feel like that happens a lot with photography and then and video too, where it's like nobody notices until later, obviously, right?
1: Mm-hmm. So it's
0: like she's just snapping multiple pictures and then there happens to be one on the reel that yeah. is featuring something. Which is that's, very classic,
1: right? That's what happens with a lot of big, Bigfoot or Sasquatch yeah. teams going on in the woods. It's when they review the footage after that they see these things. It reminds and me like, of
0: Dial-Off Pass. And they very much, They yeah. find the photo later on going oh, true, through the yeah. reel, right?
1: Yeah, that's a good one, yeah.
0: Yeah. So he, of course he has this, this is the, this is the catalyst for him going back because he knows that there's more out there. And like Mm -hmm. you said, yeah, his mom is encouraging him rather than being like, oh, you should just move on. or Just
1: forget about it, honey. The screams will go away eventually.
0: Yeah. Everyone wants him to look for monsters. I guess that's the nice thing about this. It's like being on the, (laughs) it's always moving forward. No one's putting up any roadblocks for him. Mm -hmm. There's no cops, out, you know he doesn't have to go through like a roadblock and people are what are you heading back out here for and like nobody's asking questions which i guess is kind of good so he heads back out into the Giphy, the mm-hmm. Giffy pincher park
1: <laughs> i had to give her that nickname sorry guys
0: <laughs> uh, we're shortening things here so he gets out he, he arrives once again packing gats this time has much more supplies and he's ready to go because he obviously knows that he's going to be dealing with something a little bit more uh Violent, obviously, yeah. but this is where we see this weird sign. It's the how do you pronounce it? Like Xylon.
1: I would say Xylon. Uh, yeah.
0: Incorporated, no trespassing sign, which we mentioned mm-hmm. before. Like clearly a non-state sign. It's private. Private uh, property, but it's not really. It's, it's it's in the middle of nowhere. It reminds me, I guess, a little bit of almost like a tro- like the Troll Hunter film, where there's sort of this weird mm-hmm. organization that has some say and is out there controlling territory. I'm air quoting here. Yeah, but
1: not very effectively
0: (laughs) and he's already being stalked by the big man which is of course the name given by the 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 no-name hunter Hunter that he meets Mm -hmm. uh, after his car gets absolutely annihilated but before that there's a just little things that start happening like his backpack gets stolen Uh, When he's cleaning his rifle down by the river.
1: uh, He was getting some water by the river and he brings his rifle, thank God. And he leaves his backpack literally like 12 feet away from him. Like it's a few meters. It's not even that far. And you just see the black shadow and then it's just gone. Just silent too, which is freaky, man. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. It's it's
0: actually, it's funny you say that. Like good thing he had his rifle because obviously it would have been taken away or broken. exactly. But then it also makes me think it's like, would Sasquatch f- figure out how to use it?
1: Oh, <laughs> then true. Then it'd be extra,
0: extra dangerous. He'd We've never just, heard anything like that before. He'd probably just break it. They throw rocks and stuff, but...
1: Probably snap it in half like a twig. Monkey
0: see, monkey do, though. I mean, Me, they'd think they'd be able to learn.
1: True, yeah. Well, they don't like fire, so that's they another don't. one that kind of delineates their um, humanity, I guess you could say, to a certain degree. Right. I also liked how we saw that really big footprint. And... Okay, so this was on the path. But it wasn't going with the path. It was going across the path. Hmm. (laughs) So he's like kind of like zigzagging around him. It's like, how fast can this thing move? And like, what is, like, you know what I mean? Like, how's he And he's
0: always watching. And we get that comment too, right? Like, well, you're in luck. He's probably watching us right now.
1: Exactly, yeah. So
0: this is the guy that he meets. So he goes back to his vehicle after his backpack's stolen. And it's just, just, he gets attacked. Mm -hmm. He's like the classic, like shaking of the hood. The car's getting rocked. I loved how they did a tree trunk For, yeah. through the back window. Yeah. That was awesome. Huge, And then <laughs> it's kind of almost comedic how the next guy shows up, like, like 30 seconds later.
1: Yeah. Car trouble, chief?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> kind of catches him off guard.
1: Mm-hmm. I really liked that guy, though. It, I liked him, too. It was kind of a, just a very weird, like, you didn't really know how to feel about him right off the bat. So you're like, wait a second, are you, like, in? not in on it with this other thing, but, like, how much do you know is kind of your first question because like if yeah. you see that scene and they are like oh well, it could have been a bear but it's like a bear would throw a log through a car and smash you know what i mean like use a rock to smash the front of the car too like the it's
0: and it's the classic joe nickel and rip
1: of, off the like yeah. what was it the door yeah and the it's the joe nickel yeah, yeah. 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 yeah but
0: it's funny because he's saying it in a way that like he knows it's not but it's the way like a reporter would try to spin it or the cops would try to spin it right he's like oh could could it be bear yeah. i've seen them do it in Alaska.
1: In uh, Alaska, yeah. (laughs) And maybe sizing up Tyler, too, hey? Like, he's like... What are you really here yeah, for? Yeah, what do you like, believe? Yeah, and uh, like, and what is your answer to this? Like, this just happened to you, obviously, so right. what are you going to tell me? Like, yeah. kind of thing?
0: And then he shows them. I mean, Tyler's kind of skeptical of him. He thinks for a second maybe you're murdering people and doing weird shit out here. Mm-hmm. But he's like, you know, I'm a regular dude. I am doing some illegal hunting, but I'm basically just out here because I'm curious. He says he's never seen a company person from this weird Zion, clandestine yeah. organization. And that he's never gone beyond this... Perimeter, quote unquote, until that morning when he found Tyler. I guess because he had heard some noises and just decided to go. Lucky for
1: Mm -hmm. this dude,
0: right? Lucky for Tyler. And of course, he shows him this perimeter.
1: The perimeter, yeah. It's very spooky. It looks like a shrunken head with like embedded into like moss and twigs. And then there's a bunch of like arrows and twigs and bones sticking out of the tree, too. Very very strange.
0: So he says this is the Chinook peoples that have set these up. They're hundreds of years old. And we don't really know. I loved this line. He's like, it's either to keep, it's a perimeter to prevent people from going in, or he's like, or, or," you know, like the smart old buggers or whatever he says, like the wise old bastards wanted to keep something from getting out, Mm -hmm. implying that they'd created this metaphysical border. Yeah. magic essentially like through ritual thing, and, through things and we can things, understand yeah, yeah. which mm-hmm. is which is pretty interesting
1: and then he also goes on to say that he doesn't think it's stable anymore because he said he kind of points to the eruption of mount saint helens as one of the reasons like that was a spiritual force much bigger than the the perimeter the the boundaries they set up which and is, so oh man, that's it's so, no longer effective essentially it's like
0: the everything's connected kind of paranormal idea like a metaphysical boundary put up to prevent um, almost a metaphysical creature, like a, mm-hmm. a, a not of this regular world type creature. And then this boundary is disrupted by an activity of the earth, like the earth. Like yeah. it's ge- it's geological forces, other metaphysical forces, and then an animal, every- I guess. Yeah, I mean, exactly. it's everything all in one.
1: It kind of, I like that too, because it brings Sasquatch Closer to the earth and closer to that sort of met- metaphysicality, right? Yeah. And we've discussed this many of times on the show, like, is Sasquatch a living, breathing, blood-filled creature? Is it something that is more uh, ethereal, more, like, interdimensional and all that kind of stuff? So it right. kind of leads leaves all those doors open for us. But, of course, we do get a very visceral example or several visceral examples throughout the whole uh, movie. Very much which was so. very satisfying too. Yeah. Especially the fight scenes. Love the fight scenes. Yeah. But anyways, getting back to this whole like this notion that they they use, this idea of perimeters, like indigenous perimeters and things of that nature. I couldn't really, like this is one of those things that's it's probably passed down in Chinook oral tradition if it exists, but Protective barriers and tree markings, I didn't find anything that was, like, specific to, like, keeping things in or keeping things out. Right. Or even related to Sasquatch specifically. But it is well known that indigenous groups, including Chinook, uh, use trees to mark trails along the forest. So maybe not boundaries per se, but maybe.
0: It does go, I mean,
1: yeah. And different different communicative signals, signals too. Sorry, like, they would, like, um, manipulate the growth of trees to signal things to other people, too. Mm And a lot of symbology and a lot of significance.
0: In our Sasquatch series, we definitely came across, I mean, yeah, like non-specific markers for Sasquatch, but definitely the idea that, hey, this is Sasquatch territory, we don't go there. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily marked or delineated specifically like we see in this movie, but we definitely came across that. So it's not... That much of a a leap to think that there would be for sure. But if if anyone out there has more information, please hit us up if you're from the area.
1: Yeah, if you have any um, history or knowledge or anything like that.
0: (laughs) What did you make of this fight scene?
1: Okay. So this is just leading up to that big fight scene. Actually, there was a few things here. We get the the suggestion from the other hunter that they don't like fire. And that's very evident when they come back to the camp, right? Once they've looked at this Chinook perimeter marking, right. they come back, there's a freaking huge tree log, right? Standing upright in the middle of their fire. And he kind of makes the comment, the other hunter, is like, they don't like it obvious pretty obvious right and so they're like okay so now they've kind of they know that they've stirred the pot a little bit at this point
0: yeah because he also says never seen that one before
1: exactly yeah so he's like and he said himself he's never gone past those borders until today those tree marking borders so this is kind of setting the stage for things that are yeah shit's gonna hit the fan essentially (laughs) pretty quick here and so this is where, yeah, exactly, we get to this big fight scene. So they go on a little adventure, a little romp, uh, so to speak, <laughs> through the woods. And they end up in this lair. It's like it's like More the den of the... And, and the thing is, too, Tyler is the one that hears something. They're walking through the woods together. They both got their guns at their ready. They're, like, you know, on watch on guard and then essentially tyler hears something like a big like a whale or like a growl like some sort of monstrous sound and so he he starts booking it towards that thing because he yeah. he's still under the assumption that perhaps he could save his fiance if she might be alive still it's kind he's of what holding i'm out hope. he is holding out hope and i, I feel so bad for him <laughs> it honest. is sad it's really sad and then so he ends up falling into the lair which was a really effective way of introducing he's like totally disoriented he's covered in like blood it's like the whole grounds of this layer is like seeped and saturated in blood there's carcasses everywhere human like skulls we've got animal remains we've got different artifacts things that this thing has collected over the years Uh including tyler's backpack yeah including the ring too that he gave his fiance so Mm -hmm. that's kind of this sad little buttoning up of that uh uh,
0: hope <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no uh, hope unfortunately yeah
1: <laughs> all despair at this point
0: i, I, I want to jump back or sorry just rewind a tiny bit too because mm-hmm. the reason he discovered this lair, i i loved the part where uh the uh I, I wish this hunter had a name i wish we had something to call, call this Big guy. Chief. big chief he gets smashed in the leg right and Oof, i just the yeah. classic rock throw huh. of the, the main defense mechanism of the bigfoot the sasquatch it's a
1: boulder it's not a rock
0: yeah it's a boulder and obviously crunches his leg in half and uh He essentially makes the decision later on that day that, like, you're not going to make it out of here with me dragging my ass out of here. He basically commits suicide, takes his hat off, leaves it on the rock, heads out towards where he knows he's going to run into this thing. And we end up with a carnivorous Sasquatch who's literally devouring his insides Mm -hmm. like right in his torso as Tyler stumbles into this den. That's yeah. definitely more monstrous than we are used to. Like the violent Sasquatch encounters we Scratchy. talked about. They were like attacks and throwing mm-hmm. stuff and like maybe scratches and and, and things like that. Property but not damage. Necessarily mm. eating.
1: No, yeah. That's a very it reminds me of the um oh what's it called? The yellow top kind of more, yeah, carnivorous. Just real the, violent. Quick question for you here. Uh you just made the statement that this has happened in the same day like the guy makes the comment it was actually over a period of a couple days they're out in the woods they Richard, they made two right, campfires right. cuz they end up kind of on that coast, not coastal area. Is it the coast? It's it's the Columbia river, I think is what they're on. Yes. And then he, they make a little camp in the tree line. Tyler tries fishing. He's not getting anything. You're right. Yeah. It is a couple of fires, two nights that they're out there. Yeah. So by the third day he's like, okay, screw this. We're not going to get cold. And that's when the reality sets in and the snow starts falling. Exactly. And we get this sort of change again. It just becomes more desperate the feel of the movie in my yeah. opinion and that's why we get the self-sacrifice which again is a very noble he's a good guy this uh big chief guy he left tyler literally within minutes of tyler falling asleep at the campfire that night and then it's the next morning when tyler wakes up that he hears him screaming and he's not even that far away so no. in my mind obviously he's got a huge leg injury so he's not going to get very far right but i thought it was like almost like a little unbelievable like how
0: close they were
1: yeah how close they were and and this the the timeline yeah it's like
0: wow you guys really picked a terrible place to camp
1: yeah i don't know if you
0: actually ended up that close you think you're getting away you're just going closer and closer
1: exactly anyway yeah so anyways tyler obviously he comes to the conclusion that he needs to deal with this on his own case because we get two big fight scenes again so we get the climax but we also get the one just before that when we see big chief getting devoured and then tyler getting attacked by this thing yes holy crap like how fast is this thing because he was booking it like, the whole way, and and you would think that he'd still be devouring Big Chief, but I guess not. He's
0: fast, man.
1: <laughs> he just abandons that effort and just goes after Tyler instead.
0: <laughs> it's like he's doing it just for the sake of doing it, though, too. It's like we yeah. don't really know if he's eating him or if he's just, like, being super violent,
1: or just butchering them. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: It makes you almost question too, because we said off the top this idea that there, there appeared to be multiples, like more than one.
1: Perhaps and we just, never see more than one. We don't. But.
0: We don't see more than one. It's just this main main thing, and it's implied that it's just one in the title, like Big Legend,
1: I guess. True, kind yeah. of like
0: it's this one big, really mean thing that destroys humans and is a man stealer.
1: Mm-hmm. But it
0: almost. I can't remember if we even talked about this in our Sasquatch series, but the idea of just different personalities essentially amongst amongst Sasquatch, very hmm. much like humans. Oh, yeah. Like if you run into a homicidal maniac of a Sasquatch, it's <laughs> gonna be a different scenario than Albert Ostman who gets out unscathed.
1: Oh yeah, don't no, totally. Or even your perceived interaction or or the perception of you from their side, like whether or not say this sasquatch you're like literally in its den so it's going to be pissed off just like right. someone would be like uh someone's trespassing on my property yeah. versus you're just out at the store doing some foraging in the in a field somewhere that's not yours <laughs> and then you just happen to see someone like you're like oh okay i'm just going to go this way and you go that way kind of right. who knows yeah yeah. Very different. <laughs> Let's get to the climax here before we get into our discussion. Sure. I like this. We get another symbol of this big fire. So this is like Tyler's regenesis, in my opinion. We get the full moon symbol as well. Yeah. It's like this turning over, right? And, and like a new beginning almost where he's like, yeah. screw this, I'm ending this now kind right. of thing. And he has a pretty good plan. You know, he sets up the car. He's, uh, he's basically sacrificing the, the campsite that the big chief has created and he's going to lure this thing to its fiery death supposedly using propane and or not propane it was gasoline yeah he
0: sets up this kind of like a a booby trap essentially he's he shaves himself a spear he's he's just kind of hiding behind a tree and it's yeah
1: it's using all his military skills
0: yeah i mean and i guess in that sense it was kind of un all unbelievable it's so funny like we're talking about sasquatch but this idea that like you could you could stay hidden like you could just crouch down behind a tree and like be able to ambush something that's like its greatest skill is being extremely quiet and watching you at all times in the woods like it would have been watching this setup the entire time
1: yeah exactly and it did kind of sneak up on him hey like he had that sheet kind of and then he ends up attacking right. him through the sheet because he gets just, like, the hint out of the corner of his eye that it's, like, behind him. So it's, he could have gotten per- Perfect
0: way of being able to have a close-up scene, too, without uh, that slower moving than, like, the flashes of the creature, be- the face of the beast. But really briefly, whereas, yeah. like, walking behind, it's just the silhouette. It's kind of like the cheap version of being able to have a close encounter, right? Because
1: mm-hmm.
0: we don't know what the budget was, but...
1: It was very low. Anyway. Yeah, we should look into that. <laughs>
0: So we have some discussion and some uh, stuff we're going to come back to, like Ape Canyon and uh, some theories and sort of things like that to tie into the movie as we critique it. But before we do, we have a little short break for our sponsor, BetterHelp.
1: We here at Into the Portal know that there are many out there who suffer from thoughts and feelings that interfere with overall happiness and well-being. I'd say that's especially true in these strange times we find ourselves in most recently here in Canada and around the world. BetterHelp is there for you with licensed professional counselors who are available remotely in a safe and private online environment.
0: Yeah, totally. It's amazing how modern technology can enable us to get the help we need on our own time and through your own preferred methods of contact, including secure video or phone sessions, plus online chat and text messaging with your therapist too.
1: What's really great is how BetterHelp is available worldwide. Anything you share with your specially matched therapist is completely confidential and you can change counselors at any time for no additional fee.
0: BetterHelp has licensed professionals who are specialized in everything from depression, anxiety, family conflicts, and many other areas that may not be locally available to you.
1: And best of all, it's truly affordable and all into the portal listeners get 10% off your first month using discount code portal. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com portal that's p-o-r-t-a-l simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor that can make a difference in your life that's betterhelp.com slash portal using discount code portal p-o-r-t-a-l let's get into some discussion here uh, about the setting of the film. And even just uh, this whole society of monster hunters that were introduced to at the very end of the film, hey? Eh? Yeah. That was kind of interesting. And that takes it to the next level, in my opinion. It's not Definitely. just a big Bigfoot film. It's going to be something much more than that. And they kind of imply the two main characters, like the, the guy in the wheelchair and then Tyler will be back in. The Monster Chronicles,
0: yeah, which I'm I'm looking forward to. Still in development. Still in development. It wasn't, yeah. It hopefully, it'll be out sometime soon. Mm-hmm. Might be pushed back because of all this madness that's going on right now. <laughs> <I> hope not. <laughs> but it's just kind of funny this idea that like Sasquatch and Bigfoot, classically, are lumped in with uh, monsters everywhere. Right? Mm-hmm. You think of like the big three. It's like Nessie, Sasquatch, and you know, I don't know, Mothman. Or or the Jersey Devil or something. <laughs>
1: yeah, right? I, I wonder where they're gonna go with that.
0: So it's gonna be uh it's gonna be interesting to see. Exactly. But what we really did enjoy uh about this uh, a movie, and we mentioned it off the top, was like they stuck they stayed true to obviously the location of where lots of crazy stuff happens, right? Uh this national forest, Mount St. Helens, and It reminded us a lot of, obviously, Ape Canyon and Mm -hmm. the violent attacks that took place there. And we're not going to get into the full story or anything. You guys should definitely go back and listen to our Strange Sasquatch Encounters series, and we definitely get into detail on this story. But essentially, it was five prospectors, right? It was... Marion Smith, his son Roy Smith, Fred Beck was the main guy in this, Uh, you know, uh, Gabe Lefebvre, John Peterson, 1924, essentially they provoked and were attacked by a group of Sasquatch is the long and short of the story. Massive boulders being thrown against the side of their cabin. And it's just kind of reminiscent of this tale because mm. it's like clearly this area is very very territorial Sasquatch yes. where they get mad
1: violent mm-hmm. Right, that's interesting yeah the whole idea of the rock throwing yeah that's a very that parallels a lot of this film
0: right and mm-hmm. they did stay true to the indigenous aspect too without actually really including them at all obviously there's just mm. the references with the yeah. tree markings and stuff and I think it would have given the film way more depth if they had an actual You know, Mm -hmm. like if they had a discussion with an Indigenous member and were trying to figure out, like doing some detective work and being like, what's with this boundary? Was the boundary broken when the volcano erupted? Something along those lines to make it seem more real, you know what I mean?
1: Get that alternative perspective. Yeah.
0: And we do know that in this area of Ape Canyon, Washington, Mount St. Helens, this kind of stuff, the various different groups of Indigenous peoples that live in this area and speak different sort of variations of languages there we're used to encountering a legendary race of seven to eight foot tall hairy hominids and we talked about this in our series right that supposedly have essentially supernatural powers or special strength and abilities like being able to throw bowlers that humans shouldn't be able to throw right and this is corroborated by some pretty interesting i guess european or early settler accounts that we've talked about but i wanted to just pull up this one because it's ominous and really cool. This was uh, Reverend Elkanah Walker. He was uh, an American missionary, a pioneer in Washington state. And he documented a lot of different stories uh, that were passed down to him by indigenous peoples in the area of um, everywhere from Spokane, Washington, ranging through Mount Rainier, lots of different places where people had been. Mount Rainier, that reminds me of the UFO remark you made mm-hmm. off the top of the show too. Totally. Hey, Bigfoot and UFO, There's they're often correlated. We're not going to get into that today. But anyway, this was a quote from him about these giant creatures. They, the different indigenous tribes, believe in a race of giants which inhabit a certain mountain off to the west of us. This mountain is covered with perpetual snow. They, the creatures, inhabit these snowy peaks. They hunt and do all their work at night. They are men-stealers. They come to the people's lodges at night when the people are asleep and take them and put them under their skins and take them to their place of abode without even waking. Their track is a foot and a half long. They steal salmon from Indian nets and eat them raw as bears do. If the people are awake, they always know when they are coming very near by their strong smell that is most intolerable. It is not uncommon for them to come in the night and give three whistles, and then the stones will begin to hit their houses.
1: (laughs) Freaky man.
0: Very, very strange, very freaky.
1: So we have lots of references here. We've got the idea that they live off in the mountains uh, that the perpetual snow that reminds me of like a bone snowman
0: yeah it does kind of read, but <laughs> but mount saint helens and obviously mount there's saint very helens, high peaks in washington
1: exactly they the idea that they're taking people so they're kidnapping victims that's yes. interesting as well uh the tracks being a foot and a half long that's very consistent with a lot of accounts uh eating salmon raw definitely up yeah. and the smell that's another really common trope and the stones yeah hitting houses hey so that's another yeah the
0: ape canyon and the guy getting his leg broken in uh, big legend Mm -hmm. so clearly uh yeah it's not quite the same as like the bc coast there doesn't seem to be violent encounters like this on in bc as you move a little bit further south into washington there's stories about this that have definitely inspired this movie
1: maybe people are a little bit brasher down there and they're like going into these areas where they shouldn't versus heeding the warnings. <laughs> maybe us Canadians are a little more timid. <laughs>
0: Potem- I guess so. Potentially. <laughs>
1: That's interesting though because uh, this area, obviously very ubiquitous with U- or UFO. I keep wanting to say UFO sightings. Holy crap. Hey,
0: you're, draw- you're drawing black lines here. They're correlated. Has now. anyone
1: watched the Skinwalker Ranch thing? <laughs> they're
0: they're connected. <laughs> Bigfoot, we, we, UFOs? We, <laughs> um, th-
1: but over the years, there have been many reported sightings of Sasquatch or Bigfoot, etc. And and to the extent that the county has actually passed a law protecting Sasquatch from being shot. Nice. And if you do end up shooting these things, you have a penalty of $1,000 worth of fines and one year jail time. Mm-hmm. I will say here, this law <laughs> was... <sighs> They made it sound funner by using Sasquatch as like you know the main, but it was actually more so to protect elk that were actually being yeah. shot yeah. Um, by people that thought they were shooting Bigfoot. So kind of kind <laughs> of okay. sad, kind of sad. Yeah. But anyways, Very yeah, sad. Uh, there was another. It was so funny. It was a April Fool's joke article from uh, the U.S. government that was acknowledging the existence of Bigfoot. I'll put that in the show notes as well because that's a really fun one. Definitely. I also found. Like, oh yeah, just before I move on, there was this guy. So pretty funny i was like at first i literally thought this was a real article and i was like this can't be real because they were referring to this guy thaddeus gutenberg who was supposedly a researcher with the u.s forest service mythical wildlife division which was (laughs) after our discussion of troll hunter i was like oh "Oh my god is this something that actually exists but no definitely a joke uh, there was this other one I found. It was a WordPress blog called Today in Bigfoot History and comes across as very spoofy, very uh, satirical. But I liked this too because they had one that was a sighting supposedly from 1996 at the Gifford Pinchot National Forest, Washington. All right. And this was uh, a Bigfoot seen foraging with a large stick. A woman by the name of Tony Boney. <laughs> Tony Boney. <laughs> was hiking around uh, Gifford when she <laughs> came across a startling sight. Uh, the story goes on to say, just on the other side of a small creek, she saw a bulky animal man form, hunched over a pile of wet leaves. Tony crept closer. She thought it may have been a hunter who lost contact lenses, but as she got closer, she was overwhelmed by a powerful stench. As her nose filled with the pungent odor, she realized she was almost face to face with a genuine Bigfoot. mm and then she also witnessed the creature using a large stick to forge around this wet pile of leaves. It seemed to be picking at slugs and other gross insects and putting them in a small pile. And then the story ends by saying, totally disgusted, Tony crept away. I'm like, I'm pretty sure pretty <laughs> sure Bigfoot would have uh, heard you. But anyways, yeah, I just like that. Tony Boney. Tony Boney. 1996. Yeah,
0: that's pretty hilarious. <laughs> if Tony
1: Boney actually exists. I'm sorry if I'm just like making a spoof out of your name.
0: <laughs> yeah, sorry to Tony or any Tony Bonies out there. <laughs> I do. This don't
1: eat pepperonis. Yeah, I do
0: those too. That <laughs> brings up an, sort of an interesting thought. It reminds me of um, what we talked about with, um, oh, what was this? I can't remember which episode. The idea of different monsters smelling bad because of what they eat, obviously. Like mm-hmm. people think they might have encountered a monster when it actually was something more of this earth, like a bear or something. But their breath is terrible because they're eating fish and eating you know, right? they're omnivores or, or whatever it might be, right? But for a Sasquatch in this area to smell worse or different than in a different area, mm-hmm. that sort of maybe speaks to that, what they're mm-hmm. eating. If they really are consuming human flesh, then mm-hmm. that makes sense as Oof. opposed to like, because obviously all animals are it's dirty, like, but you don't smell a deer walking by per se. The dog definitely does, but we don't.
1: Scent glands, you yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It
0: doesn't smell like death
1: and decay. It's not like the death flower. no. No. Uh, On a more serious note, though, I did come across some interesting footage uh, that I think I already alluded to earlier in the episode, if I'm not mistaken. You did. You did. Uh, The Washington Sasquatch Research Team, they've had several uh, excursions into the woods over the years. Uh, It's all listed on their website, too. I should just include a link to that. Totally. They had this video that was really freaky. So this was from a GoPro that was mounted on the back of someone's head. So as they're walking through the woods, you get the back shot of what's behind them. And they had several weird cases. So some of it was audio. So you hear, I think, I wasn't actually quite clear on this, but I think they were doing the wood knocking and then you hear a scream after the third knock. It's like this wailing scream far off in the distance.
0: Interesting. It's
1: very... Uh, faint though so you have to have your like volume up full blast right and then as well you also see footage of like what is described as a peeker something that like it like quickly pops his head up and pops back down and then uh as well a silhouette of a supposed bigfoot or sasquatch that emerges from behind a tree in the forest distance which was really freaky and that's what i was talking about right off the bat when i right. was like that looks like that photo the still from the movie big legend totally uh, but anyways, yeah, that was a really interesting little thing and they have a lot to say. If you go on their website, I'll, we'll have the link there so you guys can check it out. Yeah, you
0: should definitely check it out.
1: Their efforts are genuine. Anyways. Let's get into maybe a couple – we've already kind of discussed a lot of these hey, totally. aspects of Bigfoot as portrayed yeah. in the film, what we thought I, of them.
0: I guess, like, we, yeah, like, we're, we're coming down to the end here, you guys. And overall, mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to make, a, I guess, a recommendation and have final thoughts on what we what we thought of this movie, Big Legend. But, yeah, we've we've mentioned a few of these things, but we have this list because they did a decent job of, like – mentioning or at least touching on some of these classic tropes the wood knocking right off the top that's the perfect one to kick off the movie rather than throwing rocks or anything like that it's the most uh uh, what's the word i'm looking for like the least aggressive the most the most common the most standard bigfoot relation right Mm -hmm. then the piles of rocks which reminded just me of like anookshooks that we see all over the place here because people make them every time they go for a hike around here Mm mm-hmm aggressive territorial behavior very specific just to this region it seems like as a and the yeah. east coast and yellow top like you mentioned but not necessarily ubiquitous with sasquatch which is kind of interesting mm-hmm. the nest or the den was weird
1: that was interesting yeah we've kind of like it wasn't really it was just like this sunken area that was just saturated like yeah. and it had some tree stumps like kind of around it and it was a bit on higher ground so i guess that made sense that way but it didn't have right. any other like shelter no. or any like twigs or sticks like some people, you know, we've seen this in the past when we were researching for our Sasquatch series, the idea that they might build these like twig like nests and things like that, these structures. Yeah, yeah. We didn't see any of that.
0: No, but uh I mean it's yeah, that's ubiquitous across, like the Ohio grassman, people would find oh, those, yeah. right? Like yeah, like domes of like little nests and things. I almost thought that that's what Tyler was burning in that one scene, like he had found oh, that, but then it's clearly like no, that's just oh, a big pile yeah. of wood to make a fire. Just be not ball quite on fire. not quite big enough. Mhm classic footprint obviously the, footprint, the most iconic yeah. of anything and this is in the area again of another famous thing we mentioned in the series the skookum cast mm-hmm. and the whole idea of skookum which is a chinook word if i'm not mistaken enough to double check on that again but uh for you know swift water swift moving and was applied to the sasquatch because mm-hmm. of how it moves right which we yeah. get in this movie as well mm-hmm. the markings on the trees were really cool but we Like we said, we couldn't find anything to really, really dig into that. Mm -hmm. So if you guys know anything, please hit us up. Yeah. And then ultimately, not liking fire.
1: Yeah. So
0: if you stay near a campfire when you're hearing strange howling or wood knocking and you don't want things to come closer, I guess that's the trick.
1: Yeah. Light a big fire or light a perimeter of fires around you and then (laughs) you're safe.
0: Just as long as it's (laughs) forest fire season, I guess.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Make sure it's (laughs) contained. What's worse? I don't know. Yeah.
0: Ultimately, I mean, what are your final thoughts on this movie? And, yeah.
1: I would have to say I was very pleasantly surprised by this movie. We have, especially since we've been laid off, like, we've been, like, scrolling through the endless lists of movies on Prime, on Netflix, and all, yeah. all these things, and a lot of the times you're immediately disappointed by these films and especially when it is these low budget independent type films that are depicting very uh, quintessential characters such as Bigfoot, right? Uh, For me, I was just like, this was an effective film. I liked the characters. I liked the setup. Obviously for us too, like this was kind of the storyline of the couple is, is very relevant and the idea of being engaged and all that stuff. Like (laughs) you're just starting your lives and then all this happens. So that was effective. And then, all the other characters were effective, too. Like the guy at the very end in the wheelchair that's connected to the Xylon Incorporated, perhaps, or right. um, even like uh, the the nurse at the end and even his psychiatrist. Like everyone did a good job.
0: Yeah. Like it's clearly not. his
1: mom. And his mom. <laughs> and his mom.
0: <laughs> the, yeah. It's it's. <laughs> it got poor reviews. Yeah, uh, critic reviews and overall audience reviews was kind of like varying depending on where you look. What
1: was when it, some of the main criticisms, do you remember? The main thing I
0: think I saw was like it's it seemed f- the critics were saying slow-footed, like didn't really But it was a simple movie. Like here's the thing, when yeah. you're dealing with a bigfoot as your a bigfoot movie, a bigfoot thriller, one, it's hard to make it serious because you're dealing with yeah. bigfoot, right? And two, it's hard to incorporate a ton of depth without making it a two and a half hour long
1: movie. Or just because, making it something that it's not about, right? Like yeah, making exactly. it about the humans versus the, like like the classic Walking Dead exactly. thing. Exactly. Like, so
0: for that, it did a really great job because like we love, you guys know I love this, it gets right into the action. And yeah. I was pretty satisfied with the actual creature.
1: And it tees it up for the, the Monster Chronicles, which I was not expecting at all. I was like, what? Totally. No way. I'm stoked on that.
0: So this is like, this is not a, you know, this is not an in-depth you know, really deep, brooding, historical look and then, like, layered underneath, like, a, 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 mm-hmm. a thriller. It's just a thriller. Yeah. But it, if you're familiar with Sasquatch, if you listen to our show and you've already got the kind of basis of the legend and you're not just watching it as a pure monster movie, you can kind of layer that in for yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like oh, you, totally. And I think that's why it got poor reviews from critics. They're looking mm-hmm. at it being like, ah, oh, this is just sort of a, a, a monster movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But if you're interested in Bigfoot, it's much more fun than that.
1: It is, yeah.
0: So I'd, I would definitely recommend it because it's just pure... It's just pure... It's fun. great. Yeah, it is fun. No risk fun.
1: Some good violence, you know, if you're into that type of action and all that. And, definitely. And like a little bit of romance, but not too much cheesy gushiness, yeah. you
0: know? But it definitely makes me second guess doing my own wood knocking and sort of like snooping around when yeah. we're off grid in the woods oh yeah that's for sure we'll be careful so we want to hear what you guys have to say have you done any wood knocking would you do some wood knocking and have mm. you gone camping in this area i i know we've got listeners in washington state mm-hmm. so hit us up uh you can always send us an email into the portal mailbox at gmail.com or hit us up on our social yeah. media so come join us uh, in our facebook community we have a really cool uh, private group on there that you can join all you have to do is tell us what your favorite episode of into the portal was mm-hmm. and your favorite paranormal topic and you're we, in. Yeah, and you're in. And we love chatting <laughs> with people in there and stuff like that. Hit us up, straightupstrange.com. And don't forget, you guys can use the promo code STRANGESHIP uh, for mm-hmm. free shipping. And we have a bunch of really cool new design releases on that our website there. Yep. A couple new things coming down too. we got the blog that's going to be coming back soon for Straight Hopefully, Up Strange. Hopefully, uh,
1: Strange Times is, is in the making again.
0: All that fun stuff. 2.0. But as always, thank you so much for listening to Into the Portal.
1: Your gateway to the bazaar.